Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Ariane Simone, the co-founder of Fearless Fund. Ariane just recently spoke at our annual Female Founders Day, and I told her I was now going to belong to the Church of Ariane. She has such incredible advice for women, how to be successful, how to view, you know, being grateful. Anyway, she is a wealth of inspiration and fun. Take a listen. Ariane, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm truly honored. So I I told lots of people that I'm now a convert after listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll go to your church any day. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, for those tuning in, we just came off of Female Founders Day and Ariane gave an incredible workshop about confidence, leadership, gratitude, and I was just like, sign me up. I will follow you anywhere. Um, <laughs> so I would love for you to start with, you know, the story you were telling at the workshop about where you started and then where you are today. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm born and raised Detroit, Michigan, and I've always had a heart for people, for God, for entrepreneurship. And I started selling things at a very young age. I am that quintessential child with the lemonade stand that paid their mother back um, for the investment. I attended Florida a University. And while I was in college, I started raising capital for my retail business. I had a store in the mall, about 2,500 square feet. And I was I raised about a couple hundred thousand, but that's when I realized that most people who cut checks in this area did not look like me. And I made a promise to myself prior to the grand opening. I was sitting on the floor amongst the hangers and everything. And I said, Arian, don't you worry about this investor landscape because one day you will be the business investor that you were looking for. And I am so honored to be walking in that day today, even though that was like 20 years ago when I made the promise to myself. And I tell people, I always think I still look 25, but hey, that was 20 years ago. And the road was not necessarily easy. It was definitely eventful. <laughs> That's what I will call it. Um, after school, I closed the shop. I moved to Los Angeles, California with a job working for Nelly's Apple Bottoms. And everybody remembers those Apple Bottom jeans, boots with the fur, I was so excited. I was 23 and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm off to my dream job. And they had me doing product placement. And I did product. I placed product actually on Jessica Simpson, Tyra Banks, Oprah Winfrey herself, had her wear it on her show. And I didn't even know these people. I found them. I hunted them down. Back then there was no social media. I was on some type of celebrities who's who websites and searching agents and making calls and contacts and just getting things done. And from there, things went a little left. So the president of the company calls me and she says, Erin, we want to speak with you. And I'm thinking in my mind, of course, <laughs> I've turned this place around. And she says, we have to let you go. And I said, well, well why? Why do you have to let me go? She said, well, this discussion was based upon performance. She said, you'd actually be the first to stay. I said, well, what is this based upon? She said, the company is being sold. Everybody has to go. You were just the last hired, so you're being the first fired. And I was like, oh, wow. 
And I remember walking out of there saying, you know what, Arian, you grew up in a city, Detroit, Michigan, that has instilled plenty of work ethic into you. You you will get through this and you will just figure out life. Over time, um, I started to run out of money. I applied for 153 jobs. And at that time, nobody had hired me. And I went from my apartment to my car because they put a notice on my apartment door that said pay rents or quit. So I said, well, I guess I have to quit because I don't have anything to give you. And I went to go live out my car and I sold my clothes just so that I could eat and put gas in the car. And I started to figure out life. And I wasn't depressed at first. I had one week towards the very end, and I'm so glad it was at the end where I was depressed. Um, But I was pretty optimistic because when you're going through, you never really know how long that's going to last. So I had no clue I'd be without a place to stay for seven months. Just let's just say that. I'm thinking that the next day is the day (laughs) that I get rescued or saved somehow. So 23, cheerful, but it taught me a lot of life lessons. It taught me about this, the spirit of gratitude to be grateful for what you have. And I keep a gratitude journal with me to this day. And I was writing in it this weekend and I'm writing in it constantly, just being grateful for all of the resources, the opportunities, the connection and the wisdom that I've just been blessed with by God. And I'm just like, yes, I must stay in this space. I get grateful over a can of soup. Last night, I got grateful over something that was just very, very small, just a little meal. (laughs) So I stay in an attitude of gratitude because it definitely opens the doors up and unlocks for so many blessings. And I learned that through that experience, just to dance in the rain, that life happens And despite situation or circumstance, I chose to have fun. And one of the ways I chose to have fun is I snuck into the BET Awards. And yes, I literally snuck into the awards. Okay, Rebecca, you tell me because you've heard the story. You want me to get into the story, this part? Oh, yeah, no, you have to get into the whole thing because it's incredible. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So I met a young lady by the name of Rochelle. She worked at Apple Bottoms, too. She said, you can stay on my floor for a little bit. And I'm thinking in my head, like, why the floor? But she was like, it's a guy in one room cutting hair. And in her her room, it was her and her boyfriend. And we're like in two bedrooms and 800 square feet. So mind you how small this is. So yes, I am on the floor. And at that time, I was on food stamps um, and general relief and probably any other government assistance they were handing out. So I told her I'd cook. I said, I can bring the groceries. I know how to cook. That's my contribution. So fast forward. One morning, I just got up and I said, I'm going to the BET Awards. And she said, oh, that's so awesome. Who gave you tickets? I said, nobody. She's like, okay, Arian, how, how are you getting in? I said, oh, girl, we're about to walk the red carpet like the celebrities. And she's like, this is nuts. This is nuts. Anyway, we get down to the award show. I mean, all dressed up, makeup, dress. I pulled my hair back into this sleek bun. I'm like, we're, we're, we're making this work. Getting down there, and she's going from door to door trying to get in. And I'm like, I've already told you that's not how we're getting in. And she's like, well, Arian, how are we getting into this place? So I I said, I already told you the plan. We're going to walk the carpet like the celebrities. And to her, all of this is nuts. And to anybody, it's probably nuts. But out of nowhere, somebody at the carpet started screaming, Arian, Arian. I'm like, girl, that's our cue. That's our cue. So we get down there by the carpet and this guy is talking to me who the one who was screaming, Arian, Arian. And I'm like, 
who is this man? But I am playing it off because he clearly knows who I am. And context clues let me know that we went to college together. So I was like, okay, keep rolling with this area. And he said, yeah, I just signed with Usher. Um, you all just walked in with us. Now, he didn't know we were sneaking in. He's thinking we're like just walking in with him. Usher shows up, grabs our hands. We're jetting down this carpet and the paparazzi and all the photographers are just screaming, who's the girl in the white dress? Who's the girl in the white dress? And I'm giving my Miss America wave like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> so, yes, we end up Getting into the award show, they said, oh, we wish we had seats by us. Where are your seats? I said, oh, our seats are right there. And I pointed to two empty seats next to 50 Cent and G Unit saying, we're sitting right there. And we went and we sat down and nobody moved us the entire show. Nobody said these are our seats or anything. We stayed there the whole show. So I tell this story, um, as I tell people all the time, not to just give you humor or entertainment. It's to really drive home on the principle that the world moves out its way for people who know where they're going. And the principle of you have to act as if something is already done. When you are pursuing your goals and dreams in life, you have to be unwavering. You have to be steadfast. I knew that morning when I woke up and put on that mascara that I was getting into that award show. I knew from the second I stepped on the, 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 the street right in front of the Kodak Theater with my dress on that we were getting in. I was convinced the entire time and you see what manifested right before my eyes. So I just believe that when we go into things with conviction and confidence that doors begin to open up for us. That's why I tell that story. It's beyond true. And I think it takes, you know, you've got to have that conviction within yourself. Even if, even if it, even if you don't believe it, you got to act it right. Yes. Yes. Even if you don't believe it, you you still have to walk this out. You're going to have to convince yourself of the belief if you don't. You're going to have to get to a place where your unbelief turns into belief because you're walking in it and seeing the doors open. So that that is definitely true. That is so, so true. So let's get into what we're going to fast forward a bit for everybody, but I encourage you to Google Ariane Simone and hear where else she's spoken in her her sort of origin story. Yeah. Okay. I can fast forward. I can fast forward. So time goes on. I'm dancing in the rain, dancing in the rain. Eventually somebody calls me that time I work at Apple Bottoms and said, Hey, can you do some PR marketing work for me? And I was just like, well, sure. Excellent. And had they called me to, you know, clean the toilet, I would have done that or paint the walls, whatever they called, it was going to be that. And in two weeks, they referred me to people and I had five to seven clients. So I realized, Oh God, I'm back in entrepreneurship. I have a business again. And from there, I ended up living on the 50, the 26th floor of 5900 Wilshire and Steve Harvey's show, his radio show at the time was on the 19th floor. And I made a lot of connections in that building and ended up servicing primarily the entertainment industry. And we, our clients were from Universal to Sony Pictures to Walt Disney, you name it, every major studio in Hollywood were pretty much our clients. And we worked on PR marketing for films and also in the music industry for a few years, but primarily film. And about 12 years into running this company, I started meeting a lot of people in venture capital. And that's when I realized, oh, this is how I get to make good on this promise I made to myself at 21, because this is what I've always wanted to do, was to be able to be an investor for businesses. And I set out to start a venture capital fund. 
And I met people and they introduced me to securities attorneys. We got SEC regulated. We got all of our paperwork in place and we started to raise. And it was not easy (laughs) at first at all. It was no easy feat. Um, But here we are today investing in women of color businesses. And I'm proud to say that I am basically investing in the portfolio company that I desired to be when I was looking for capital. So starting a fund is no easy feat. Being taken Uh seriously as a woman starting a fund is no easy feat. Then add to the fact that, you know, you're a black woman. Yes. Let's just pile on all the reasons why no one should give you any money. Uh How did you break through that and, and really thrive? I mean, your, your fund is thriving. You're, you're investing capital into, you know, people of color, minority owned businesses and, and it's an anomaly, sadly. It shouldn't be, but it is. So mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you do to differentiate yourself or get people to say yes? I mean, I'm a believer after a first time. <laughs> how did you get the others on board? And you're right. It was more so getting in front of the people for them to be believers. So I guess you say at first, I, I was speaking to the converted at first. People, I just started sharing on social media different venture capital stacks about Black women receiving 0.000, it's like three zero six percent of venture funds in the tech industry and oh women of color goodness. receiving under a percent and women as a whole receiving under 5%. And someone took note, it was Marseille Martin. She was on a hit show, Blackish. And then she's also a producer in Hollywood Little. Her parents reached out and they said, Arian, what are you gearing up for? And I said, oh, who told you I was gearing up for anything? They said, we see the stats you're posting. We can tell. They could sense I was making a pivot. And I said, I'm starting a fund, actually. And they said, we called to be the first investor. And I said, oh, my gosh, y'all are awesome. So it was started off with people I knew. um, And then I realized it was taking too long that way. I was like, we were like stuck at $500,000 for like a year. I was like, this is not what I planned. And we thought we were going to have a $5 million concept fund. Ended up closing at $25.8 million for fund one, thank God. But I was just like, this is not what I thought. And you're right. You run into all of that. But there is a power of naivete. Because had I known what I was going to be facing against, I don't know if I would have fully signed up. I would have probably found out an easier way to support this cause (laughs) without having to throw myself in the midst of the fire. Because you have to imagine what that year was like experiencing that level of rejection. It was definitely worse than having to apply for the 153 jobs and nobody hire you type thing. For people to look at you as a woman of color, a black woman, and not believe in what you're talking about, you're saying you don't believe in me. And that is painful. So to go through that at first, I was just, it it took all my faith that's in my body to just push through. And there were days where I cried. If I'm being honest, there were days where I cried. I prayed. I fasted. I said, God, you have to do something because this is brutal. (laughs) This is really, really, really brutal. And the people who did believe I had to have an energy shift, I said, and you're going to have to focus again on gratitude. You have to focus on the people who are rocking with you. And you also ask for those people to make introductions because, you know, they're already champions of your work. <clears throat> so though that's where I pretty much started. I focused on gratitude. I asked for those people to make introductions. Um, my alumni of my school, 
I'm, I'm grateful for the decision I made to go to Florida Atlanta University because our network is so strong. So one of an, another alumnus um, saw what we were doing. We were introduced and I said, hey, um, he said, we're going to fly in to meet with you guys. I said, oh, wonderful. So flew in. They were like, we just got to figure out the how we make this happen. And that was Steve Hall with List, which is the one of which is one of the nation's largest CDFIs and the nation's largest nonprofit lending institution. The senior level exec there. I said, great. Then um, they brought in Fifth Third Bank. Then I um, had a meeting with the city of Atlanta and they came on board. So we started getting names. Basically, we had individuals at first. We started getting institutional names. From there, we walk into the racial reckoning of 2020 already with some names in our belt. And it turns out we were the right people in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Because when companies started having a focus on racial equity, it was no longer that we had to do all the outreach. They started reaching out to us. And I said, okay, two years of all this pain is paying off. It's paying off. And great people have mentored me along the way. And I, I will definitely say that my gift of speaking has definitely made room for me and brought me before great men. I was speaking. Um, this was prior to, though, I had spoken at Sophia Maruso's Girl Boss. And I met a man by the name of Jeff Jordan, who's a GP over at Andreessen Horowitz, which is just like the end all be all for venture firms. And Sophia extended her hand and she said, you know, I believe in what you're doing is there anybody in my Rolodex that, you know, you need to be connected to? And I told her, yeah. And Jeff was like, well, we met at the, um, at one of the dinners. I said, oh my gosh, we did. And he's definitely a champion and a, and a believer in what we're building and made some great introductions as well. So I had to just really tune into the champions. <laughs> the Even if you have one person in your corner, you need to tune into that one person and see who they know. You're going to get one believer. So you can be confident in that. Um, but the group that we had, they really rallied behind what we were doing. And here we are um, on fun, too. <laughs> so, yes, that's the story. It's incredible. It's, it's amazing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I'd love to hear if you could pick out just one of the companies you invested in, you know, what it did to change their lives, their business, their success. Oh my gosh. It's always hard. I am going to give you one, but it's always hard when people ask those questions. Cause it's like, are you picking out your favorite child? <laughs> so, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I am. I'm going to give you, I'll probably give you a couple, but it's, it's because they're, I'll say that because these women are truly rock stars. Women of color are the most founded entrepreneurial demographic. They're just the least funded. So while this disparity does exist from an investor's landscape, this is like Disney World. This is the largest pool of untapped talent you can even be playing in. So these women right now, they're on the cover of Essence. They are, if you pick up an Inc. magazine, they're all throughout it. 
they're on everybody's Forbes list. I mean, they're kicking ass. I'm like, look at y'all. They have had acquisition offers. They're awesome. They are they are truly that awesome. A couple stories that I definitely can give. Um, one, I'll do Alicia Scott. She's founded Range Beauty. It's um, makeup for eczema and acne for the Forgotten Shades. And she actually pitched to us at Spanx headquarters. Sarah Blakely hosted my very first pitch competition. And she lost. This girl lost amongst 200. She didn't even make top, t- top 10. But she was the happiest person in the room. And then she pitched again at Facebook headquarters, which was our second pitch competition. She made top 10. So every time she shows back up, she's exceeded her milestones, but she didn't win again. And she's still the happiest person in the room. (laughs) The third time she comes to pitch, she actually wins. This time she's in Target. She has distribution. Her sales are up. Like every milestone that she said she was going to do, she actually had achieved. So we were like, you know, we can bet on this level of growth. Just as of um, two weeks ago, she was on Shark Tank and she won two sharks. So it's wonderful just to see the journey and see the ride. Another one I was going to bring up real quick was um, Tracy Pickett with Hairbrella. There are, just how you met me, Rebecca, and you said, oh, I'm sold. I'm, I'm convinced she has it. There are people, I will say this, don't get me wrong. When we invest in people, we're looking for your traction in the marketplace, your team, your brand story, how solid your product is. There are key indicators we're looking for, definitely that exists on paper and some in person. But there is something when I can feel it in my soul that somebody just has it. And that is where I make a decision of yes or no, to be truthful with you. And the same with my partner, Yana Parsons. She's the co-founder of the Fearless Fund. She's the same way. She's she like, I don't know if I feel this one in my gut. And I'm like, hey, if we don't feel it, don't do it. Because there's so many times when we can just feel it like, oh, yes, this person has it. And Tracy, I met her. She's the founder of Hairbrella. It's the Rain Hat Reinvented. And I met her June 2019. And I could sense in my intuition she had it. But when she told me she only had $1,500 in sales that month, I'm like, this is not adding up because this woman has it. <laughs> so I watched. She's, like I say, an attorney, an inventor. She had patented this product by September 2019. Mind you, I met her in June of 2019. On social media, she's posting about her six-figure month. October 2019, she's posting about her six-figure month. November, December. So January, I pick up the phone. I said, Tracy, I see you've applied to the fund. Somehow you went from having only $1,500 for sales in a month, not a six-figure month. Are you still interested in capital? She says, yes. She said she locked herself up in her room and taught herself how to do Facebook and Instagram ads, really tweaked a lot of her digital marketing efforts. She said, but I just booked Good Morning America. And they said, that's nice. You have six-figure months, but you need to be prepared for six-figure days. She says, well, yeah, I need capital. (laughs) So she goes on Good Morning America, probably around the time of the height of the pandemic. And I wish you could see this product, but audience, please go to hairbrella.com and you can see what I'm talking about. The classic has a visor on it. This is where fashion meets function. This is not your grandma's rain hat. This is not the plastic with the tie strap, with the, the strap underneath. This is fashion meets function. And she takes the visor off and adds a face shield. And now the whole restaurant industry and medical industry are going crazy over this product because she's doing this at the height of the pandemic. And I'm like, that's what shows you about these entrepreneurs because they've had to bootstrap for so long. They've had to be creative out of nothing that when you put capital in their hands, oh, 
they're about to create something serious and something quick. You better get ready. So that's definitely a story that I can um, share. I have plenty of stories about our entrepreneurs, but I was like, I'll just highlight those couple right there. No, I love that. And I feel like you are so able to recognize the grit and determination that these entrepreneurs have because you, anyone has to have that. You had it. You slept on the floor. You slept in your car. Um, and I think sometimes it's doing whatever it takes to, to make it. And it's not this mirage of overnight success. Correct. That is definitely correct. When everybody sees it hit, they think it happened quick, but there's always a backstory. That's right. I, I interviewed a woman. She's like, this overnight success is nine years, 364 days. In the <laughs> I believe it. I believe, I feel like mine is more like 20. I'm like, oh my gosh, if you just knew, but yeah. yes, I'm honored. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to be in the position that I am now and being able to work in an area where the why is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And that is my motivating factor of even in those two years that were rough at first, you know, of getting the fund established. And I went without a salary for those two years too. That was also rough because I was like, Erin, you have to make everything spread <clears throat> and just figure this out because I knew what I was build- building was bigger than me. And I knew how many lives it was going to impact. I knew I was in an area of job creation. I knew I was in an area of wealth creation, legacy, and reducing the wealth gap. And circulating dollars in underserved communities, I said, Arian, you have to show up on this. So that's what gets me going all the time is knowing that this is so much bigger than me, like way bigger than me. I love it. I don't want to end. So maybe we can do a part two where we can talk even longer because I feel like you have so much knowledge to give and share. And it's so valuable for my listeners to hear this. Um, <laughs> I've only done a couple part twos. Uh, <laughs> you're so sweet. No, but seriously, I, I think you're incredible. Um, so you might have already said you answered the question, but what is one piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with, either hard one by yourself or given to you by another that you want to pass on? That procrastination is your arrogant way of thinking that you're in control of time. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I think we need to let let like a minute of silence for that one to sink in. That's really good. Good. I'm going to be, sometimes I procrastinate and that is so true. Okay. And then what is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? I have so many layers and I think there's probably plenty of elements. The fact that I would love to sit around all day and watch football, that would probably shock people because I'm such a girly girl. Yep. So that's one, I think. Um, what's another one that I would say? I love nature. I love going on nature walks and just seeing waterfalls and just being in the mountains or at the beach. But there's so many different layers to me. I guess I guess the fact that there's just so much to unlock <clears throat> would be the surprise because there's I'm very multi-dimensional. I love it. So where can everyone follow you, get info on all the incredible brands you're investing in and uh, become become part of the uh, congregation? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, at Arian Simone on social media at fearless.fund, F-U-N-D is in David on social media as well, too. And our website is fearless.fund. Um, yeah, that's where people can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. And thank you for having me. I've always been a fan of yours. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again, and you will hear from me next week.